You are listening to A Random Attempt at Comedy on WWSU 106.9, Dane's Right Choice. I'm your host, Random Allen, the man who shows you that you can have a whole show based around name puns. Just kidding, we talk about movies and classic rock too. Now kick back, relax, and enjoy the next hour. This week on the show, we are talking about giant robots, flying security cameras, tree hugging, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, and scam calls. Please note, the views and opinions expressed on a random attempt at comedy are my own and do not reflect the views and opinions of WWSU 106.9 FM or Wright State University. Enjoy I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones, and then we'll be back.
and welcome to Random Attempt at Comedy. Today we are bringing you the most off-the-wall random content Wright State has to offer. News time, children! We've got everything from weird to hilarious to mildly terrifying news. With that said, let's cut to our first segment of the night. Weird news around the world! world. Welcome to our first segment where we talk about the odd, the unusual, and the downright strange things that happen on this big blue planet of ours. Our first story tonight is either really cool, really terrifying, or a mixture of both depending on how you look at it. Jeff Bezos and Amazon have decided to go into the home security business. Remember a few years back when Amazon was developing a drone to deliver packages to houses? Well, now they've got a drone to guard those houses, too. The rain always on camera is a little drone that flies independently around your house, taking continuous video along set paths that you map out, so you can constantly protect your home wherever you go. Want someone to be there when you're not home? Well, you don't have to worry about that when you have your creepy little spy camera flying around the room double-checking doors to make sure nobody's trying to break in. And don't worry, it has a charging port to dock into, just so it won't run out of batteries while continuously surveying your house. The drone looks like a tiny fan helicopter and makes a fan-light whirling noise as it surveys your home, so you know it's always watching. Amazon executives are calling it, Privacy You Can Hear. This little guy flies completely independently and will give you a little alerts in case there are strange noises on the path that you've set to roam. It can also connect with other Amazon products on your own phone so you can have direct access to the video feed. Ever get tired of the federal government spying on you? Well, why don't you just let Jeff Bezos and Amazon employees spy on you instead? The rain always on drone was voted decidedly creepy at Amazon's big Echo event last week. Now, I know what you're all thinking. This is definitely a huge invasion of privacy waiting to happen. Well, don't worry. Amazon staff are unperturbed and plan to still launch the product on the market. Now, all reasonable joking aside, even though this product gives Big Brother 1984 vibes, it does have a cool design, and it's kind of inventive. It's almost like a flying security Roomba that goes around patrolling your home and trying to stop burglars. And the fact that it can do it all completely independently shows how far we've come in the field of robotics. I just wish it wasn't so creepy. But you know, you can't have your privacy invasion cake and eat it too. Now, for my next story, we go to the Guinness Book of World Records for a very strange new record that was just broken. Do you love nature? Are you a hippie? Have you been called a tree hugger? Well, now you can win a world record for it. Miss Adrienne Lawn from the state of Tennessee spent 10 hours and 5 minutes hugging a walnut tree in Heritage Park. That's some dedication right there. 10 hours is a long time to be doing anything, even cuddling trees. The local area turned it into an event, too, for the spectators watching. These activities included yoga, dance, and guided meditation. Because if you're going to watch a woman hug a tree for 10 hours, at least give the people something to pass the time. The previous record was 8 hours and 15 minutes, and these people's long fight to prove who's the biggest environmentalist of all time. I mean, I love a good nature walk as much as the next guy. It can be super relaxing taking a run through a forest or walking between tall trees but I don't know if I'd ever spend 10 hours hugging one of them. Although I suppose it's easier, one of the easier records you could win. Now, I'll admit, I did not realize this was a world record before reading the story, but as you will soon see in a minute, there are a lot of crazy records that you did not know even existed. There's tons of crazy world records, such as farthest arrow shot by using only your feet, which, for the record, is 40 feet 4 inches and was achieved in 2018 by Brittany Walsh, a champion of foot archery. 
She could probably give Green Arrow and Hawkeye a run for their money. Or Tallest Hat, which for the record is 15 feet 10 inches. I can't pronounce this guy's name, who starts with an O, but he does remind me of Mr. Doug Dimidome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimidome, and he has a hat to match. I have no idea how this person was able to walk three feet with this hat on. Or one of my favorites, Largest Pain Pond Paddle. This thing is a behemoth, completely dwarfing the guy holding it. The massive paddle clocks in at 11 feet tall, 6 feet wide. That's actually a local record from a company in Columbus, Ohio. Go Ohio! We may not be known for much, aside from astronauts and corn, but at least we have the world's biggest ping pong paddle. That's something, I guess. And finally, let's go to Japan for the largest humanoid vehicle. Naturally, it would have to be Japan to break the record because they are known for their giant robots. This yellow mech clocks in at about 27 feet 9 inches tall and 14 feet long. In case we have giant kaijus crawling out of the sea from, like, Pacific Rim or Godzilla, we know who to call in this situation. As cool as this thing is, I think it may have a new challenger for the title of World's Tallest Giant Robot from our next story. So who here has heard of Mobile Suit Gundam? For those who haven't, Gundam is an anime franchise that essentially started the mech genre, or giant robot genre. The majority of the different Gundam series are emotional sci-fi war dramas, but instead of using the typical tanks, planes, battleships, and spaceships, the wars are fought with piloted giant robots. Gundam is huge in Japan. I would almost compare the popularity of Gundam in Japan to that of Star Wars in the U.S. Gundam also started a huge plastic model kit craze called Gunpla, which is still going strong overseas today. Gundam is a really cool franchise, especially if you like mech shows, and I would personally recommend it. But why am I talking about Gundam right now, you may ask? Well, during this pandemic, folks in Yokohama, Japan, have been busy with this huge project for Gundam's 40th anniversary. Nicknamed the Gundam Global Challenge, mechanical designers working on the project have made a life-size, move-in version of the first Gundam, the RX-78-2, for the public. This giant robot stands at 25 meters tall, or 58 feet, and towers over almost everything around it. It can walk, it can turn its head, it can bend down to pick up something or crouch. Inside the robot... There is a fully working inner frame, which is kind of like a metal skeleton to help it move. The Gundam still hasn't been officially unveiled to the public yet, but it's fully built now and has been observed testing different motions. A while back, in 2009, there was a life-size statue of the RX-78-2 Gundam in Odaiba, Japan, which couldn't move at all aside from the cockpit opening, and it could light up. Eventually, the statue was taken down and... Well, I think this is definitely a really cool way to honor the 40-year legacy of this very influential Japanese series. It was built extremely quickly too. I'm quite surprised. A few months ago in February it was just a metal frame, and now it's basically completed and moving. I guess this pandemic did not slow down these builders. So it's not your it's not every day your company lets you build a working giant robot. And as a Gundam fan and a giant robot fan, I'm curious to see all the things that this thing can do when they finally finish it. Also it's just cool. It may be ready to challenge for the world record of tallest giant robot when it's finished. A random attempt at comedy will return with our second segment after a short commercial break. Enjoy Burning the Midnight Lamp by Jimi Hendrix, and we'll be back.
Welcome back to A Random Attempted Comedy on WWSU 106.9 Wright State FM. Burning of the Midnight Lamp is one of my favorite Jimi Hendrix songs. Those guitar chords at the very beginning of the song are some of the most unique and distinctive I've ever heard. Almost as if you took the flickering of a candle flame and somehow turned it into music notes. I find that somewhat underrated. I don't hear it talked about very much in lists of Jimi Hendrix's best songs. But Burning of the Midnight Lamp, like all of Electric Ladyland, is amazing. Moving on. Now for the second segment of the night that I call Reels and Riffs, where I talk about interesting movie news and film trivia. Let's talk about the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League and the DC Extended Universe. So first, a little background for the people that don't know what I'm talking about. Zack Snyder is a famous comic book movie director who has essentially been the brainchild behind the majority of the recent DC films, starting with Man of Steel. With Man of Steel, Snyder kicked off a cinematic universe similar to Marvel's, including Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and it was supposed to culminate in Zack Snyder directing Justice League. Love him or hate him, Zack Snyder definitely had a vision for where he wanted the franchise to go. Most of the DC movies are known for their very dark, gritty, and serious style, in contrast to Marvel's more lighthearted approach to superheroes. Unfortunately, while he was directing Justice League, he tragically lost his daughter and was forced to leave the project. After Zack Snyder left, the studio decided to bring in Josh Whedon, director of the first two Avengers movies, Buffy, Firefly, most people know him. They brought Josh Whedon in to finish directing Justice League and make some serious changes. Among them was changing the plot, cutting major scenes, and changing the tone to be more like a Marvel movie. Even with those changes, Justice League did not do very well at the box office. It made $600 million, but it did not meet anywhere near the studio's expectations. 
Additionally, Josh Whedon ran into some controversy recently. When the actor who plays Cyborg, Ray Fisher, publicly accused him of mistreating the cast, sexual harassment towards the female actresses, and even make disparaging remarks about Snyder despite him losing his daughter. Some of the accusations have since been backed up by his co-star Jason Momoa. Since Justice League was released in 2017, fans everywhere have been crying out for Warner Brothers to allow Zack Snyder to release his director's cut of the movie. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut was trending on Twitter for many months until Warner Brothers finally decided to allow Zack Snyder to finish his vision. Everything from reshoots to replacing missing scenes, adding in existing CGI characters such as Stefan Wolf to make him scarier, expanding on character backstories such as giving Cyborg a bigger role, and they even included new footage of Darkseid. The biggest change is making the movie have a darker tone, so it's similar to the rest of the DC Extended Universe films. The Snyder Cut of Justice League will be released on HBO Max in four one-hour episodes in early 2021. According to Zack Snyder, only a fourth of his material was in the finished movie, so we could be in store for a lot of new footage. So, I'm somewhat mixed, but hopeful about the Snyder Cut. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with a lot of the recent DC Extended Universe films. While I don't think the super dark, gritty style is appropriate for most DC heroes, aside from Batman, of course, I think it more it makes more sense for Justice League to be in tone with the rest of the films. The original 2017 version was okay, but forgettable. The film felt like it didn't know what it really wanted to be, and you can definitely see the radically clashing styles of two directors when you watch it. The trailer definitely raises some hype, and I'm curious to see how it will turn out. I want to say up front that comic book-wise, I love DC. They have Batman, so of course I love DC. They've done a great job of a lot of the solo movies for the DC Extended Universe, like Shazam, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. But I feel like they've been rushing the majority of the team-up movies just to compete with Marvel. Man of Steel definitely feels like it was meant to be a standalone movie. There are no other superheroes mentioned. I have mixed feelings about Man of Steel because on one hand, it has breathtaking action. But on the other hand, it essentially turns Superman into a brooding, depressed, Batman-like character. And in my opinion, that just doesn't work for Superman the same way it does for Batman. Because Superman is meant to be incorruptible, bright, inspiring, kind of like Captain America. He's a big blue Boy Scout. Seeing him spend the whole movie brooding and being treated as a literal messiah, I felt parted a lot from what most people like about Superman. I do think Henry Cavill does do a good job overall playing Superman. He is a good actor, and he's been a lot of, like, things recently, such as The Witcher, which I've heard is really good. You probably should check it out. So, Michael Shannon, though, Michael Shannon's overacting as Zod was extremely entertaining. I was screaming, I will find him, years after Man of Steel came out. Unlike Marvel, who has had about five solo films of character development for the major character for the first Avengers movie, DC really wanted to shoehorn the whole cinematic universe concept into Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. We didn't even get a solo Batman movie for this universe yet, and they're already dropping a new Batman, Wonder Woman, and teasers for The Flash and Cyborg all into one movie. Man of Steel clearly was originally complete, like a completely standalone movie, but in this movie they have to introduce Batman who, according to the film's universe, has been active for over 20 years, without any references to Gotham or him during the first movie. You would think 
at some point during the first movie where you have this um, god among men who's dressed in tights, fighting people, somebody may have made the comparison to, hey, isn't he kind of like that crazy guy in Gotham who dresses like a bat? Or maybe that woman from World War II who was like bulletproof and jumped like over enemy lines to go fight people. Or was it World War One? Now that I think about it, could have been World War One. So the extended cut of like Batman versus Superman allowed it to breathe a little bit. The bits with just Bruce and Clark playing off each other are great. The ultimate fight at like towards the the midpoint of the movie is not only a good payoff, but it's full of a bunch of great callbacks to the Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. But the film is dragged down by the need to set up Justice League. Gal Gadot is excellent as Wonder Woman. We'll get to her in a minute. But the second climax where all three fight Doomsday seems too rushed. And Doomsday is made from Zod's body in the film, but he never talks, so we'll never know if he ever found him. The biggest issue I had with BVS was Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. Jesse Eisenberg was good in the social network, but I don't even really know what Snyder was going for. It almost feels like Jesse is trying to mimic like Heath Ledger Joker from The Dark Knight with the jumping around and the erratic movements. You know how the Joker is where he's just like, it's all part of the plan. And he kind of has that like jumpiness about him. But it just doesn't fit Luther. I could maybe see Brian Cranston being a good modern Luther, but not Eisenberg. Now, moving on to Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman was not plagued by any of the above problems, and it actually had room to breathe. Giving Wendy her own movie to flesh her out as a character was a great ideal. Gal Gadot nails the role and has turned Wonder Woman into an empowering feminist icon overnight, even more than she was before. Wonder Woman hasn't had a live-action incarnation since the 70s, but similar to how Marvel took lesser-known heroes and turned them into household names, the new Wonder Woman film definitely threw Wendy back into the spotlight where she belongs. The story was basic, and Ares wasn't super like well done in my opinion, but it was carried by the charisma of Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. So, Suicide Squad was a complete incoherent mess in my eyes. It almost seemed like DC was trying to use Suicide Squad as an answer in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, but it did not work out the same. There's some positive aspects about Suicide Squad, I'll admit. I think Margot Robbie did a great job as Harley Quinn, and I kind of like the darker, like, comedic tone of the movie, but other than that, it felt like a forgettable disappointment to me. Will Smith played Will Smith, dressed to Deadshot. It feels like Will Smith has, like, in recent years, has lost the ability to play other characters. And almost only plays Will Smith nowadays. Anybody see Gemini Man? I'm sure the board meeting for that movie was just studio executives saying, let's make a movie where Will Smith fights a younger Will Smith. Oh yeah, that's how we get some money. Or Jared Leto's Joker. (sighs) The less said about him, the better. The two other recent solo films, Aquaman and Shazam, were also quite good. Shazam had a very lighthearted comedic tone, but it worked for the character. It was a very funny and accessible DC movie, even for people who don't really like superhero films. That guy from the show Chuck does a great job as Captain Marvel. And yes, I'm calling him Captain Marvel, because I still think it's silly that they changed his name to Shazam, even if it was a copyright thing. He can't even say his own name without turning back into the kid. And Aquaman wasn't as inventive story-wise as Shazam, but 
Similar to Wonder Woman, it's carried by its lead actor. Jason Momoa is a very likable guy in whatever he's in. Jason Momoa managed to turn Aquaman from a joke character whose only power was known to be talking to fish and riding a jet ski into a very cool hero you can take seriously in the eyes of the public overnight. So DC films can be done quite well if they're not forced to rush. And I'm curious to see what the future is going to bring with the new Flash film, Robert Pattinson's Batman reboot, and the new DC multiverse that they're trying to launch. We'll see how it goes. A random attempt at comedy will return to you after a short commercial break. Feel like you've worked like a dog and you want to sleep like a log? Well, A Hard Day's Night by The Beatles is the song for you. We will be back. It's been a hard day's night And I've been working like a dog It's been a hard day's night I should be sleeping like a log But when I get home to you I find the things that you do Will make me feel alright You know I work all day To get your money to buy a thing And it's worth it just to hear you still listening to Random Tempted Comedy. After our commercial break, we'll be talking about scam calls. Enjoy Soul Man Mike Blues Brothers, and we'll be back with our final segment.
Welcome back to Random Attempt at Comedy. And for our main story tonight, we are talking about scammers and scam calls. Scam emails and calls have been around as long as there's been computers and phones. A lot of people are aware of the more common ones, such as the advance fee scam. You ever get an email from a rich Nigerian prince who suddenly wants to give you a bunch of money? Or maybe a poor dying widow who on her deathbed wants to give millions of dollars to some stranger on the internet. But unfortunately, before you can claim all this money, you just have to pay a little advance fee of a few hundred dollars just so they can transfer all that money to you. I know most people in this day and age would immediately recognize those emails are bogus. I'm not going to focus on those scams today because most of those type of emails are caught by your email spam folder immediately. Instead, I'm going to focus primarily on scam calls. These scams have gotten a lot more elaborate since 20 years ago and they've actually had a fair amount of success as unfortunate as that is. Most of these scams particularly target older people. People who don't know very much about computers or vulnerable people with an illness. Anybody could possibly be a victim of a scam call. Many of these scams are very predatory, trying to siphon off as much money as they can get. Some of these scam call centers make tens of thousands of dollars within months, often resulting in complete financial bankruptcy for the victims, or even suicide. So this is definitely a serious topic. We want to do some lighthearted stuff later on. But this is a serious topic. One of the most common scam calls nowadays is the refund scam. The refund scam usually takes the form of some famous company like Microsoft or Google or Apple calling you and saying that you have a refund because you canceled your service from one of their products. From there, they have you download Screen Connect software such as TeamViewer, which is software that lets them remotely access your PC and rummage around in your personal files. In a realistic situation, a company like Microsoft or Google could just refund you the money from knowing and the name on your account. But because these are scammers, they need you to download some Screen Connect software in order to trick you. So then they typically have you sign on to your bank and then edit the code on the page to make it seem like you have a lot more money than you're supposed to. Now these scammers are not actually depositing money into your account. They are temporarily editing the text on a page to make it look like they did. If you refresh the page, all their little edits go away. After this, the scammer pretends he transferred way too much money 
from there, he starts crying and saying how he will lose his job and be behind the bars unless you can somehow get the money back. And the only way to send them the money back without his company knowing is with gift cards. Since scammers usually can't just take the money out of your bank account, they need you to buy gift cards, which are non-traceable and non-refundable, so they can sell them off to some merchant. Remember, no legitimate companies require you to pay with gift cards. Another common scam along the same lines is the tech support scam. The tech support scam takes many forms, but one of the more recent and more believable dangerous variants of it uses fake pop-ups to make it seem like your computer is infected with multiple viruses. These scam companies typically buy out web domains that are misfelons of popular websites like Microsoft, Google, and Bing. And when you accidentally connect to one of these websites, there you get a pop-up saying your, your computer has been locked down, so you must call our Microsoft technical support number to fix it. The pop-up freezes your browser to make you think that it's really serious. In reality, your computer doesn't actually have any viruses, but if you didn't know any better, then this would scare you and make it look legitimate. Never call Microsoft technical support number on one of these screens. If you see the pop-up, restart your computer and call somebody you trust to help with it. From here, the situation plays out similarly to the refund scam. To add legitimacy to some of the scammers' claims, scammers will impersonate real Microsoft employees and use real Microsoft badge IDs. If you did call, your, your premium Microsoft technician will request that you download Screen Connect software so he can rummage around your computer. Another trick these scammers typically perform while in the process of fixing your computer is pulling out a directory of programs and systems in your computer. All these programs and systems running on this little black window are normal computer operations, but the scammer will typically tell you that it's a bunch of foreign IP addresses connected to your computer because of hackers. Usually they will write something in the window talking about the number of foreign hackers on your system. After the scammers determine the fake problem, typically they want you to give them your credit card information and buy some fake antivirus software. Then they take the money and run, possibly to scam you later. The tech support scam is one of the more believable scams on the market. Now what can people do against these scammers? Most of the time, reporting these people will not get your money back. Well, some people, especially on YouTube, have started a new hobby called scam baiting. Scam baiting essentially means calling up and wasting the scammer's time on the principle that the more time they are spending with you, the less time they are spending scamming vulnerable old ladies. Some of the more popular ones, such as Kip Boga, go very elaborate for entertainment's sake, and he uses a voice changer to pretend to be an old lady, and drone on for hours and hours wasting the scammer's time. Or you have Jim Brownin. A scam baiter who's so good that with a BBC documentary, he got a large scam call center in New Delhi shut down for good. People like them and others are actually having an effect on the business of scam call centers. Am I recommending you go scam baiting? Probably not. Just hang up the call if you get a scammer. Because at the end of the day, it is talking to criminals. But if you're going to do it, have precautions and never give scammers your real information. Don't do it. Well, did we go scam baiting for the show? Yes, we did. Keep in mind, I never used my real number. It's a fake number. Or my real information. Enjoy the next 10 minutes cut down from a two-hour call where I got passed around the whole scam... This day began, as days often do, with a call from the Social Security Administration, who said that I was wanted for money laundering and drug trafficking, and I need to call back or I will be behind the bars. So let's call back and see what this is all about. This has to be some kind of mistake. Big note! During this call, I am playing somebody named Dave Rubin from California. Dave enjoys long walks on the beach, spoon collecting, and not being charged with money laundering and drug trafficking. 
Never give your personal details to scammers. Everything I told them here is lies. Moving on. Hello, um, I got a call earlier yesterday that said we were, I couldn't hear all of it, but it said that you guys were beginning legal protocols against me. Okay, I'll tell you about it, okay? Just go over with me and I'll provide you the... And disconnected mid-sentence. As you'll see, this becomes a common problem. Let's call back. Meet Officer Victor Frank. He doesn't like me very much because I interrupt him a lot. Um, hello, I was just speaking to another one of your officers. My name is David Rubin. Yes, uh, I have some warrants and a case uh, with this, uh, you know, file against your social security number. Wait, what do you mean against my social security number? What's going on? I would like to cooperate with me to solve this case. Answer me. You haven't, okay. Let me, uh, the investigation started when we found an uh, abandoned car on the south border of Texas. And the car contained some blood and Are you guys sure it's my social security number? And there it is. In case you didn't know, the Social Security Administration scam almost always had the same script about an abandoned car on the south border of Texas with your social security number that they can't read off to you, blood, bank cards, and lots of cocaine. Usually 22 pounds, but they're lowballing it today. To proceed further, Mr. Robin, I would like you to confirm your social security number. A little bit risky. This is the only way to proceed further to make sure that I'm talking to the right person because this involves, you know, the seriousness of the case. And here's one of the main goals of the scam, to get your social security number and personal details. Because if it isn't obvious by now, they don't know it unless you give it to them. Now, before I finished reading out my fake social security number, I got interrupted by people who I found out later to be from the same call center. These guys are so bad at scamming, they are self-destructing their own scam. 315. I'm getting another call. What about money laundering, Victor? I couldn't hear you. Well, that disconnected the call, so time to call back again. Well, you would think that they would just transfer me over to the person I was talking to last, but because these people don't know what they're doing, meet Officer Victor Frank number two. Your call is very important to us. Please stay on the line and you'll be transferred to the next available agent. Thank you for calling Social Security Administration. How can I help you today? I don't know what keeps on going on, but I keep on getting disconnected. My name is David Rubin. I was talking to Officer Victor Frank. Victor Frank? Yes. Alright, this is Victor Frank speaking, sir. 
I love how he has to take a second to think about it. And after reading over my case ID and my warrant number, I had to listen to him tell me the same stuff I already knew. Again, 22 pounds of cocaine, the abandoned car in Texas. I get it. Yes, sir. Listen to me, sir. See, like, we have the Social Security Administration has filed cases against you for drug trafficking and as well as money laundering, okay? So, I believe you are not the guy who is involved in this case, correct? Yes. Correct. I've been trying to say that for the past 30 minutes. I will go ahead and transform a call to the senior officer with DEA Drug Enforcement Administration, who is authorizing regarding which case, okay? We are being transferred again. You know what that means. Hello? Hi. I appreciate for holding line. Your line has been transferred. Uh, my name is Danny Wills. I'm the senior supervisor of the officer in charge from the Drug Enforcement Finally, a professional. Maybe Officer Danny Wells will be able to help us. I don't know how you got, you got disconnected with uh, the previous representative. I'm not sure with that. Uh, as of now, uh, your line has been connected to the DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration. I'm the senior officer in charge. Okay. Danny Wells. Uh, you have the case ID. Or not. Time to call back again. I should mention at this point that Danny Wells is actually a name of a senior officer at the DEA. These scammers typically do what's called spoofing numbers, where they can make it appear on your end like they're calling from the actual DEA or like SSA. And that's one of the scary things about these scam calls, if you don't know that they're scam calls. These real names and these real numbers add legitimacy to these scams. So, call him back again! But we have recorded 8 to 9 pounds of cocaine with the abusive drugs and a few other documents. Time to call back! Your call is very important to us. To stand the line, you'll be transferred to the next available agent. Hmm. Social Security Administration, how can I help you? Call him back! To stand the line, you'll be transferred to the next available agent. Savage, I'm going ahead and read out the legal charges of the chance of what car was it? I told you not to interrupt me. Well, I want to know what car it was. What car was it? How am I going to give you people my personal details if you keep interrupting yourself from your own calls? Call it again! And that's pretty much how it went. I would call, explain everything I explained before, and then they would read back to me the same script. 22 pounds of cocaine, abandoned car and all. All over again. People from the call center would then call and disconnect the person I was already talking to, and then we had to start over from the beginning. Eventually, I got connected with Officer Ryan Murphy, the second Ryan Murphy I talked to that day. 
who then re-explained to me everything I had already heard. Then we finally got to the meat of the scam. Officer Murphy wanted me to go to my bank and withdraw all my money in order to protect it from my impersonator who has my social security number. The end game of this likely would be me sending them the money wrapped up in tinfoil so it would not be detected by scammers in order to protect it or something. But unfortunately, I had to go to work. So despite this person threatening me, I decided to end the scam by revealing and trying to reason with the guy to stop. Once you're inside the car, to let me know. Okay. I do have... A, can, can I ask you a few questions about the case as I'm going to the car? So, this is a very important one. Wait, where are you guys located? We're located in the state of Texas. Are you sure you guys aren't located in New Delhi, India? No. Okay, second question. Why are you doing this? Where, what are we doing this? What are you talking about? Why are you scamming people? You help me with money and I'll quit this job. I just wanted to hear your side. Like, why are you doing this? You seem like a good person. Why are you doing this? Because we have a financial problem, which is why we're doing this, okay? Financial problem? Like, you have a family that you're trying to feed? Yes. Is that why? Yes. Because of this coronavirus, I don't have a job at this point of time. I got fired from my old job because it was locked down. Okay, I know you don't know me, and I don't know you, but I can hope that you find some other place of employment. Because you are hurting people. I know, like, it seems like that you're not, because there are people, like, in America, there are people, like, like thousands of miles away. I, do you like doing... I'm sure you don't like doing that. I'm sure you don't like yelling at people and, like, pretending no, to be... We don't, we don't want to come to Yes, we don't want to come to work. But we have to do it while we are forcing ourselves. And this kind of situation, feed our family... I'm sorry to hear that. When this is all over, just try to find a legitimate place of work. I know I know it can be difficult. I know you're in a bad spot right now. But, like, you don't have to do this. Because, like, there's tons of people. There's tons of vulnerable old people, old ladies, old men who, like, believe you guys. And they're scared to death. And, like, would you want somebody to call up your grandmother or, like, your um, sick sister and then, like, scam them out of money? Like, if this well, is... Know that there is another way. Thank you for your time. There is no way because I have to Alright? There's always another way. Even if you can't see it right now. Bye. I don't know if he was lying about some of the things he said or not. In some poorer places in India, scam call centers can be the only places for kids who speak English to get jobs. As unfortunate as this may be. This can seem like fun in games sometimes, and calling up scammers and making them look silly can be funny. But scamming hurts everybody, especially poor, vulnerable people who get taken in by these scams and lose their hard-earned money. The more of these scammers' times that gets wasted, the less time they have to scam vulnerable people. But these scammers are also people, too. Some of them in a really bad place in their lives who don't want to be doing what they're doing. Tell your parents and grandparents about these scams. The more awareness we spread about them, the less effective they will be in the long run. This has been Random Allen. Good night. And see you next episode.